0: Welcome once again to Leftovers, where we tackle issues, questions, without any prep or notes. I'm Kenny, joined by Nate O'Brien, and Nate, again, I'm going to say this for the next few episodes, just in case you pop in, but Nate is joining us now in place, joining us meaning me, uh, in place of Travis, because Travis doesn't like us anymore, Um, just kidding, Travis is busy. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. He's pretty busy. How often can I do that? A lot. Okay. All right. So Travis is uh, not able to join us. We hope he'll be on future episodes. I've told him he's welcome anytime that he wants to be here. But. Nate is with me for now Um, and so we are now getting to some of our listener questions that have been sent in Um, If we tackle one of these questions that you sent in on a leftover episode and you want more um, Let us know but some of these we thought we could do in a leftovers and uh, move on So we don't have notes. We don't have prep We literally just pulled up the questions and decided to hit record and we're going to talk about it So somebody sent in a question Uh, Something I've been puzzled by is how could an organization like the Southern Baptist Convention have so many leaders and pastors involved in sexual sin? Um, And he goes on with his question, but that's kind of the the crux of the question, Um, and this I'm assuming, I'm going to make an assumption that this is somewhat related to the report that came out about the SBC convention um, where we saw all these instances of uh, sexual abuse that went unreported uh, within the convention. Um, We're not going to get into the nitty gritty of all that. We're we're going to try to answer this question as best we can, but there probably are some qualifiers that we'll need to give about this. so how, how can so many leaders get caught up and pastors get caught up in sexual sin, in the cover-up of sexual sin? Um, how can that happen? And, and maybe let's start with some qualifiers that we want to give even to this question. Do you have any? Qualifiers? Yeah. yeah. I think there's some things to talk about with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: No, well, start with some qualifiers and then I'll throw yeah. in. Um, in. Yeah.
0: A couple things. we got to be careful with this report um, because... First of all, uh, this investigation was performed by a secular organization which is not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. um, but they do have a certain lens that they're going to look at some things through Mm -hmm. Um, now I could not give you one particular instance where this is true but we have to at least be cautious and careful to say would they have labeled certain things as sexual abuse because of the way our world is um, that that were not necessarily sexual abuse Um, I think you also have to be careful because you're getting this this report from an organization about individual autonomy Local churches right. who have not even had a chance to respond. Right? We gotta, we gotta go to the whole verse that says, you know, somebody seems right until somebody else comes along right. and examines him. Am I saying the report was not true and accurate? I'm not saying that. Well,
1: and it's since it's come out, quite a few people on the list, some pretty prominent, yep. very well known, have admitted to what yep. the accusations have been. So, yep. to any degree that this report was correct. The question is how can this be such a prevailing issue among pastors? Uh, So the first thing I'd wanna say is pastors are not a special group. (laughs) Um, As an elder, I'm also considered a pastor. You're the primary teaching pastor here Mm -hmm. at Mission Way Church. Um, There is nothing special about us compared to other members of God's church. Uh, We're not holier. We wrestle with all the same things. In fact, it can even be easier to fall into certain sins if you don't have accountability, if you don't have other people in leadership to, to see those things take place. Um, so the first thing I would say would be accountability. If I'm rattling them off quickly, we can go back and pick them back up. Um, but also knowing how to handle situations like this. Um, when is it appropriate to get the law involved versus in-house discipline? Yeah. Are you doing church discipline at all? Yeah. Um, in a lot of churches, and I'm not going to single any of them out, but a pastor can be seen as somebody who's higher than, mm-hmm. and so people are hesitant to go to at them or they're protected from that. And mm-hmm. some churches uh, you see in the news where anybody who had a problem with them were kicked out, yeah. And yeah, so it happens, those are some of the ways I could see that this is prevalent, but I think a lot of the times we are shocked. To find out what the reality is when it comes to sexual sin, mm-hmm. it is an infinitely greater struggle for more people than you would think possible. Yep. Uh, and pastors aren't an excused group of the community, but um, it's, yep. it's one of the easiest to slide
0: into. Yeah, yeah, and and I would say let's be clear that every instance of sexual abuse and sexual immorality in the church is tragic and sinful. It's sinful and we hate it and it should be eradicated from our churches. And even if this report had only come up with one, it would have been worth grieving over. Um, The
1: church should be a place where that is infinitely less uh, in occurrence.
0: And, and I think that the problem comes in when we are we look at the solutions that some people are offering. Some people are offering offering solutions that are systemic in nature, meaning let's change some systems and mm-hmm. let's change some some things about how we operate. And I'm not saying those are all bad. Some of them are needful, but very few people have had the conversation of well how do we handle church discipline how do we handle church discipline of our own pastor right Right? Right. Um, when our pastor is caught in sin how do we lovingly walk him through church discipline as well Um, and I think you know, the question went on to ask things like, look, it's not just one man falling into sin. In some instances, it's an entire church leadership. And, right. and we get there because, as you said, there's no accountability. There's no in some of these churches, there's no church discipline, there's no conversation about holding people to a standard. Um, some of these pastors came in unqualified and nobody right. checked them, right? Um, some of these pastors came in with history and backgrounds that that nobody red investigated, flags. right? Right. Red flags. red flags. And that's part of this report, too, right? They want this report system where you can tell another church, hey, this guy did this in our church, which is a whole nother rabbit hole. Right. But sometimes churches knew about it and right. they still hired the guy, right? And it's like, I, I want, I'm not trying to be insensitive or, or dismissive with this comment, but it's like, what did you expect? What did you expect when somebody has a history of sin, it wasn't dealt with, it wasn't repented right. from, and he's just brought into ministry and, and, and giving think it's going to go away. now you're giving yeah. them
1: power yeah. and opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so we're not taking away, we're not excusing the behavior, uh, but we are trying to seek to understand how this could happen. Even the leadership group at some point, mm-hmm. I would assume, saw themselves as higher than Yeah. Um, so that the whole group is, a, is a culpable in covering it up and all these other things. Yep. Um, maybe they didn't want the church to look bad, and so instead of doing what the scriptures clearly teach about church discipline, they decided to not do it, yep. uh, which never goes yep. well.
0: Yep. And a part of the question, and Nate's kind of addressed this, but a part of the question that came in, too, said, you know, how um, how can this go on? Or they said, I don't understand how so many leaders of a church can all be drawn into sin and no one challenged this. It's very possible that in many of these instances they were challenged mm-hmm. and they were silenced. Um, right. If by whatever means that looked right. like. And that is that's to save so terribly the popular
1: wrong. one or the, the pastor, that's the reason why the church is so big in yeah. some cases. We yeah. want to protect that person so that the church doesn't shrink um, in that regard. And also just uh, to a smaller extent, there is also issue with, from some of these secular people looking in, with the restoration. Hmm. Uh, when we have cases, and I, I have a particular church in mind, uh, where there was a man who fell into sin Uh, It involved minors, he served jail time, he repented of it, uh, and then they welcomed him back into the church and even held a marriage between him and uh, and his wife. And so they caught a lot of flack because Hmm. they restored him to the congregation and participated in his wedding. And so to some degree uh, there can be uh, a secular group looking into the church and not liking that restoration piece as if you should only be labeled that and never be able to step out of that label.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a can be a whole conversation on its own. But we, yes, we should be cautious and careful with people who have had past offenses, and there can be wisdom in not allowing them to serve in in certain positions even after they've repented or sure, whatever. Right. Absolutely, I'm all for all of that. But let's let's always be willing to restore when somebody show repents and shows fruit of their repentance, and, uh, yes. sustained fruit of yep. their repentance for sure. And, we,
1: and for for things that go against the law hmm. unless the law is contrary to scripture we get the law involved we would get the police involved we would get their proper authorities involved so that there is that consequence for that sin for yep. that behavior
0: Yeah, I want to bring up a passage here that came to mind as we're talking um, here's a principle so how can churches avoid this how can churches avoid finding themselves caught in a situation where their pastor is, is in sexual sin. and Now, here's the reality. Sometimes nobody in the church knows about it, truly. Right, right. Um, but there are a lot of times where somebody does know, and they either don't speak up or they speak up, and they're silenced or whatever it may be. Um, Paul is clear on how you bring a charge against a pastor, an elder who's fallen into sin. In First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 19, he says, Do not admit a charge against an elder, except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Um, except that there is evidence, and there are multiple witnesses to this sin, um, not necessarily that people were in the room and saw the sin take place, but that there is lines of testimony. Ev- yeah. um, so like
1: emails can be a witness. Yes, uh, yes. Text messages can be a witness. Yes. People can be a witness.
0: Yes. So there's got to be more than just one person made a claim and there's no evidence whatsoever to back it up. Right. Um, be careful with that. Be cautious about that. Don't admit a charge unless there's more than one line of testimony. Again, right. not meaning Two people who saw it seen, happen, right. but two people maybe who know that it happened by some way or or an email and a text message, like Nick right. me said, whatever that is. And then he goes on. He says, "As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, right. so that the rest may stand in fear." Right. I have given counsel before to somebody who's been been in a church where the pastor mm-hmm. has continued in spiritual abuse, and everybody that goes to him is silenced or end up mm-hmm. leaving the church. I said. There needs to come a time where all of you gather your evidence and you literally stand up in mm-hmm. the middle of the gathering of believers and you say, we're going to publicly call this out. Right. We're not going to continue in this. We are calling you by, based on the authority of God's word to repent of your sin and here's the evidence of your sin. Um, there's times where that may be necessary. Well,
1: and it, it would be like the last step. Yes, yes. Um, but I think...
0: Don't was, just do that in the first. Yeah, start yeah. off like, if we just all stood
1: up <laughs> during your next sermon, like we have the following, and this is the first time you've ever heard about it.
0: That would be? Try, go Matthew 18, right? right go to it. them in person, then take two or three witnesses, then bring right. it to the church,
1: yes. And so part of the way that we try to mitigate that at our church is that we have a plurality of elders. We have six elders. And so if Kenny, if you get out of line, yeah. Um, you have other men who can come to you and hold you accountable. Yep. If we need to kick you out for a while, we got people who can <laughs> step up in your place. Like the yep. whole place isn't coming down, no offense.
0: Yep. Um, but that's it why shouldn't. we do it, because
1: yep. there's not one person with all the power, no mm-hmm. accountability. Our congregation is being taught appropriate method of church discipline from Matthew. Mm-hmm. and They know they are to hold us accountable anytime we preach, anytime they perceive that there's sin in us. We have freely given them, uh, permission is the wrong word, but encouragement to come to us. Like yep. It's a mutual uh, a mutual position we find ourselves in where we're not one over the other yep. in, in worth. We're not over each other in value or even status. Yep. Um, so they are to come, and, and to anyone,
0: to an yep. elder, to another member of the congregation, yep. and lovingly point out their sin. Just as I have the freedom as a pastor to go to somebody in my congregation to talk to them about their sin that I see, they have the exact same freedom to come to me as their pastor to point out my yeah, sin. I would
1: even say, in that particular situation, mm-hmm. they have the authority to do it. Absolutely, Christ has given them yep. that in Scripture. Yep.
0: You have a th- you have. Let me be careful in how I say this. Right. Through Scripture, through what Christ has given you as a member of your church, you can go to your pastor with that delegated authority from Christ, from the Word, and 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 call them to repentance. And you should um, when there is evidence of sin, when there's evidence of known sin, not just because you don't like them, not just because you've got some vague idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do any of that. It must be, that's why Paul's clear. Don't admit a charge against an elder, except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And that comes from the Old Testament.
1: You need two or three witnesses to press charges in the judicial court system of the time. And so that would go for a regular congregate. I don't want to make false accusations. I don't want to gossip and I don't want to slander. Uh, Without evidence, I don't need to say much, if anything. And then real quickly, because I know we're coming up on time, if I perceive that sin in someone else, I do a heart check of myself first, I deal with the log in my own eye before I can address the speck in someone else's.
0: Yeah, so I hope I hope that answers the question. Um, and again, I mean, we're willing to talk more about these kind of things, but um, and obviously
1: not limited to the SBC,
0: right? Right. And I know that this. I mean, I don't. I don't know this person personally, actually, and I don't. I'm not sure if they uh, are part of an SBC church or not. Maybe that's what prompted the question. But this is not just an SBC problem. It's a sin problem, um, and it, it is pervasive. Uh, well, that's maybe the wrong word. It happens in churches because of sin, um, not because of a systemic issue, not because I'm not saying there, there cannot be, ever be problems right. with the systems. There are. I'm just saying, ultimately, it's not a systemic issue. Ultimately, it's not a Southern Baptist issue. It's a sin issue. Correct. Um, right. And we need to be able to address sin with the ways that the Bible has prescribed that we do so. so that's right. Anything else? I think that'll do it. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Leftovers. Thanks as always for listening. If you got a question, send it our way at Calwford at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Kenny and Nate. Nadio, we're not doing that. I' I' say this every time. Travi did Travi be? Uh, <laughs> this is
1: just a Nate. There's no Nadio. Signing off y'all.